Good morning, and welcome to worship on this second Sunday after Pentecost. Welcome to those of you joining us on our OSL podcast, to those of you joining us through our OSL YouTube channel, and to those of you listening on the radio this morning. We are so delighted to be worshiping together with you all. Today marks the last Sunday in which we will have only a virtual worship service. We are very excited that next Sunday we will be able to gather in person. We will be returning to in-person worship on Sunday, June 13th for one service at 9 a.m. You can sign up through our church office. And just so you know, that service will also be live streamed and will go out through our radio broadcast at the same time as normal at 1040. Although for the summer, that radio broadcast will be a shorter 30-minute radio broadcast. We are delighted to welcome you back to worship in person next week and to continue to invite you to worship with us virtually as you feel able and comfortable and safe to join us in whatever capacity you feel comfortable. I remind you that there is a bulletin available for this service on our website um, that you can download so that you can participate more fully. I um, want to point out, or you may have already seen, that we have some beautiful flowers here sitting in front of our altar. Those flowers um, are from Carol May's funeral, which took place over at Olson's this past Wednesday. We are grateful to the family who shared those flowers with us. Finally, I remind you or encourage you to light a candle and to gather some bread and wine or juice um, in preparation for celebrating Holy Communion just a little bit later in our worship service. We begin our worship this morning under the sign of the cross. We gather in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. As we sing together our gathering hymn, Rise, Shine, You People, hymn number 665, and we sing verses 1 through 3.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. All-powerful God, in Jesus Christ you turned death into life and defeat into victory. Increase our faith and trust in him that we may triumph over all evil in the strength of the same Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our first reading this morning comes from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Life in the present is transitory and cannot compare with the eternal home God has prepared for us. So we do not despair no matter what life might bring because we know that as God raised Jesus from the dead, God promises to bring us into eternal life. A reading from 2 Corinthians. Just as we have the same spirit of faith that is in accordance with Scripture, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we speak because we know that the one who is raised, the Lord Jesus, will raise us also with Jesus and will bring us with you into his presence. Yes, everything is for your sake so that grace, as it extends to more and more people, may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure, because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. We sing together our gospel acclamation, the Celtic Alleluia. Our gospel this morning is taken from the third chapter of Mark. In response to charges against Jesus, charges that he's possessed, Jesus wonders aloud how anyone who is demon-possessed can cast out demons. Rather, if those who do the will of God are possessed in any way, it is by and with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus went home and the crowd came together again so that Jesus and his disciples could not even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain Jesus for people were saying, he has gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebub and by the ruler of the demons, he casts out demons. So Jesus called them to him and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? 
If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but his end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then indeed, the house can be plundered. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For the scribes had said, he has an unclean spirit. Then Jesus' mother and his brothers came and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around them, around Jesus. And the crowd said to Jesus, your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. And Jesus replied, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace and peace to you all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, my friends, there's a lot to wrap our minds around today in our gospel, but hopefully I will land somewhere in the end that makes at least a little sense to you, my fellow faith travelers and wisdom seekers. And if nothing else, I hope my sermon sparks some conversation among you as you share your thoughts and wisdom too. So let's dig into our gospel where it seems that Jesus is garnering quite a bit of criticism. I know the gospel writer of Mark moves fast, but we are only in the third chapter of his gospel and already the crowds are wondering about Jesus. His family is afraid for him, maybe of him. The religious leaders are firmly set against him. All Jesus has really done is announce the kingdom of God, call some disciples, cast out some demons, heal some sick people. Of course, one of those disciples was a tax collector and Jesus did heal people on the Sabbath, not to mention that he literally reached out and touched a leper, all of which were actions deemed socially and religiously taboo. But man, are people riled up, especially the religious folk who enforce the boundaries Jesus so blatantly crosses. But Jesus, Jesus will not allow any religious law or social norm prevent him from sharing compassion and care and welcome to any in need, to all who are seeking the abundant life he embodies. But crossing those boundaries did make people mad. It made people worried. It made people scared. But the truth is, when we commit ourselves to the same kind of deep and wide welcome that Jesus unveils, we might likely encounter a little flack too. Has anyone ever called you demon-possessed? Maybe not, to your face. <laughs> but radical inclusivity, speaking up for those who lack justice in our world, working for equity and equality, these efforts can make people mad and defensive. These efforts can make people nervous you're inching too close to potential conflict or disagreement. You're getting too political, too radical, too outspoken. But here's the rub. 
The love of God revealed in Jesus, wrapped in his ministry of healing and welcome, inclusion, forgiveness, acceptance, justice, the love of God we see in Jesus knows no boundaries and respects no law or social etiquette that would keep that love from being shared with everyone. And if we are honest with ourselves, if we are honest in our study and openness to scripture, we will see that the boundaries Jesus crosses challenges every one of us. The love of God in Jesus crosses my comfortably drawn lines and challenges the boundaries that defined me, that define you, that define us in our shared culture together. We like our lines, we like our norms, just like Jesus' family did, just like the religious elite around him did too. And those lines do serve a purpose. They help to define us and our life together. But when our norms, when our lines lead us to dismiss or condemn or even try to destroy those who don't fit within them, then we have come down with a little scribe-itis, you might say. About 16 or 17 years ago, when I was serving a congregation in northern Minnesota, we spent some time as a congregation working through the sexuality studies that the ELCA put forth to support our collective and faithful discernment around our church's consideration of fuller inclusion of GLBTQ people as pastors, as well as our practices around weddings. I was a fairly new pastor. It was only my second call. It was a small town. And as I said, it was 16 years ago. But man, did that study bring out some strong feelings and opinions. I was even visited by the Baptist pastor in town who was threatening to show up for one of our study gatherings to apparently set us all straight, pun intended. He was outraged because we were talking about sexuality, because as a part of the ELCA, we were considering that we might have something more to learn from one another, from other voices and experiences, from our deeper biblical study together. One son of the congregation shared his personal story, coming to terms with his sexuality, growing up in that small town. By the way, he now works for GLAAD, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation in New York, as the Senior Director of Education and Training. And he's just written his first book. But back then, he was just a brave young man opening himself up to his church family, sharing his story. And the conversations we all shared during that time of study as a congregation together, those conversations were transformative. And not because we all ended in agreement, but because we listened and learned and gained a deeper appreciation for one another, for our different perspectives, for our different life experiences, even for our different hopes for what the ELCA, our church, would do. And I tell you what, none of it was easy. For me, I do not like conflict, and I had more than a few sleepless nights. It was not easy for the brave young man or his parents, or for those who disagreed with the ELCA's consideration of fuller inclusion. It was not easy for any of us, but it was good and fruitful. It was faithful. And sticking together through those hard conversations moved us forward together too. And we were all the stronger for it. I know that this congregation, this community of faith that is our Savior's Lutheran Church, has not been without significant pain and struggle through some of the same disagreements. 
And those who lived through that time of deep conflict know well what can happen when room is not made to have meaningful conversations that truly honor one another. It is getting harder and harder in our culture to find safe spaces for those who disagree to come together and listen and learn from one another. We are growing more and more polarized, more and more divided, and more and more afraid of having conversations with those we disagree. But disagreements need not lead to absolute rejection of the other. Rather, with a spirit of respect, those different perspectives and voices can actually lead us to deeper understanding and growth. In our gospel, Jesus tells a strange little parable about a house divided. If a kingdom or a house is divided against itself, it cannot stand, he says. Throughout his ministry, Jesus dealt with divided houses and kingdoms, broken by injustice, divided by oppressive economics, segmented by power abused, fractured by violence, and the fear of being kicked out or cut off. It's still true in our world too. A nation divided results in vitriolic politics. An economy divided yields poverty and injustice. A community divided becomes individualistic and tribal, prejudice and passive. Even within ourselves, we can experience internal divides. When we're one person at work and another at home, when we act one way with certain people and a different way with other people, we become less and less authentic, honest, whole. I think that's why crowds flocked to Jesus because he stood before them as this breath of unity, this presence of wholeness. And Jesus stands before us as the same, breathing new life and hope and healing into us too. Disagreements and conflicts are hard, whether in our communities, our families, ourselves. But the journey toward wholeness always begins with acknowledging what's broken. I hope as we get to physically come back together again, I hope we can be brave together to make room for hard conversations, to make room to listen to one another, to make room to begin to help heal the divides that are all too destructive around us. The good news of God in Christ Jesus is that Jesus welcomes all of us to his table, into his family, into a journey toward wholeness and healing, into the gift of grace and forgiveness that covers each of us and envelops us all. Thanks be to God for the invitation into new life, abundant and together. Amen. Let us come before the triune God in prayer. After each petition, we sing, The Spirit Intercedes for Us, hymn number 180. God of wholeness, we pray for believers all over the globe, including the Lutheran World Relief and all other service agencies. Unify us in service of the gospel, that we may work together as beloved siblings to share your love with all. God of the cosmos, we pray for creation, the gardens, waterways, and creatures near to us, and the diverse forms of life that remain unseen. Teach us to treat the natural world with reverence, 
seeking restoration when human divisions have caused harm to your beloved creation. We pray to the Lord. people, we pray for harmony among the nations. Cast out from us unclean spirits of greed and fear that we may work in solidarity with one another for the common good. God of abundance, we pray for those who are oppressed or in any need. Encourage those who have begun to lose heart. Strengthen and renew us with your spirit. Restore to wholeness all who are in any need this day especially Pastor John Michelson, Deb Johnson, Mary Buzalaki, Jim Holt, Holly Long, Richard Ninas, and the family of Carol May. We pray to the Lord. God of righteousness, we pray for this wor worshiping community. Set our gaze upon things eternal, that in thanksgiving for your mercy we may extend grace to more and more people. Renew our ministries, heal our divisions, and open us to the needs of our neighbors. Guide us in our continued planning as we return to in-person worship next Sunday. May we do so safely and faithfully. God of the ages, in your goodness you have sent us faithful witnesses for every time and place. We give you thanks for those saints who now rest in your eternal mercy, especially Carol May. We lift our prayers to you, O God, trusting in your abiding grace. We pray to the Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. I invite you to share a sign of peace with those you are gathered with as we send our greetings to you and as we greet one another here. Peace be with you. Just a word of thanks for the ways in which you have continued to support the ministry and the ongoing work of our Savior's Lutheran Church. 
throughout these past months. Your support has been vital as we have continued to follow in the ways of Jesus and to continue the work that he has begun among us here and in our community. We could not do all of this without you. Thank you for that support. And we welcome you to continue to support that work as it continues to be ongoing. You may send your offerings to our church office or you can use our online giving option, which you'll find on our website at oslme.com. If you have not already done so, I invite you to gather some bread and some wine or juice so that we can celebrate Holy Communion together. As we sing now together our offertory, let us talents and tongues employ, hymn number 674. Let us pray. Jesus, bread of life, you have set this table with your very self and called us to the feast of plenty. Gather what has been sown among us and strengthen us in this meal. Make us to be what we receive here, your body for the life of the world. Amen. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus has taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. God in Christ Jesus welcomes us all in all of our beautiful diversity to this table. May we feel the power of the Holy Spirit this day, connecting us together as sisters and brothers in Christ. The body of Christ is given for you. The blood of Christ is shed for you. As you share Holy Communion with those you're gathered with this morning or you receive the gifts of Holy Communion yourself, we offer some special music 
shared by our OSL Bell Choir, Jesus, Priceless Treasure. The body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. Jesus, bread of life, 
we have received from your table more than we could ever ask. As you have nourished us in this meal, now strengthen us to love the world with your own life. In your name we pray. Amen. As you go now into the rest of this Sabbath day that the Lord has created for you, receive this blessing. The blessing of God, who provides for us, feeds us, and journeys with us, be upon you now and forever. Amen. We sing together our sending hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, hymn number 504, verse 1, and hymn number 505, verse 4. Go now in peace. You are the body of Christ. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God.